What is good, guys? It is your Boston Brit, and I'm back with a brand new episode of The Garden Party with the forever regular, the basketball ass himself, Josh Coyne. Josh, you good? What a tremendous introduction. I'm absolutely fine. Thank you very much, Nathan. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Now, should we jump straight into it? I think I think my kind of running commentary, my, my running joke, uh, sum up quote, if you want to call it that, through the week. So I, I think I'm going to I think I might do that every week from now on. So we have my latest roundup quote for the week is, how can it be summed up? And, you know, imagine, imagine you've got a mate at pre-drinks. He's, he's, the kid, he's the guy that's had too much sauce. He's too far gone. And all of you boys are looking at him going, fucking hell. There's no things I don't drink. So I've seen this firsthand. So I was like, there's, there's no fucking way we're getting in any place tonight with him crawling along the floor it's just not going to happen but anyway you go out you go for it and you get turned down at the first club absolute nightmare you've paid for the uber you know you're 20 20 20 bills down already and you're just like fuck what we're going to do you all look at each other and you're like shit it only means one thing we have to go to fucking oceana where you know there's sticky floors and chlamydia flowing through the air um you turn up there and you, you just think it's gonna be a shit night you get in and it's one of the best nights of your life that's how I would describe this week. I love how unbelievably hot you came in tonight. There was like nine swear words, a reference to chlamydia. It was what a fantastic way to put it. Yeah, well, I personally think, you know, it's the garden party itself is starting to kind of warm up. That's how I see it. I see it as kind of the playlist is starting to kind of move from the like deep reflective singer songwriters tunes that have been playing all night. The bass lines are starting to creep in and people are starting to tap their toes along with the music with a, a drink in their hand. But yeah, as you rightly said in your analogy, not, after, not, but you know, it took a couple of real tests throughout the week to get to that point. Definitely. So should we jump straight into the first game? Do you want to shoot for it? Let's go for it. So obviously, if you've been following the week, you'd know that there was a 107 to 110 loss to the Dallas Mavericks at the American Airlines Center on Tuesday. Um, the losing funk from the Pelicans game, uh, as we mentioned on the previous episode of the Garden Party, that kind of continued on this one, uh, but under less dramatic circumstances. So it didn't quite feel like the end of the world as per the previous games. Um, Brown led the team with 29 points. Thompson grabbed a team high 10 rebounds. Celtics Twitter was still in kind of full-blown crisis mode and the hope was that Boston would bounce back in this game. It really did feel like a game of chess, which you know, with each team punching their chess clock between moves. Mm. Um, and the lead was changing regularly. The game was tied on multitude of occasions throughout. And until the Mavs obviously pulled away with the largest lead of the game of 12 points, um, it was kind of everybody's anybody's game to take up until the end. Um, then, of course, the magical Luka Doncic made two pretty big clutch shots that, frankly, couldn't have been guarded much better in my eyes. I think, especially for a big like Tice to close in on the way he did um, for the the game winner. I mean, you can't ask for much more. So it's whilst it's a frustrating one to lose, those are the shots that you kind of can accept losing to. Um, uh, the key takeaway for me was that it was a much quieter night. 
in terms of minutes played um, and contribution from Rob Williams. And he ended up on, uh, you know, just 14 minutes and ended up on minus six in, uh, you know, plus minus. Seems to be the case that when he plays, this team plays better. The Time Lord has to feature. Definitely, definitely. I mean, he's been, I, like I said, I've said it, you know, I did a podcast the other day and uh, I said that he deserves a start. I think he does. I think we've got, you know, nothing to lose at the moment. And I think he deserves it. And I think the, the one key point from this game that I took away was their bench outscored us 51 to 19. And it just goes yeah. to show the issues we do have with our bench and with our scoring. And it's, I, I just, I can't, you know, like I said, we've, it's been up, it's been an up and down week. It's been an up and down week. And I can't, I still can't quite put my finger on what the issue is, but the only thing I keep circling back down to round two, sorry, is depth. I don't know what you think. Yeah. Um, but you know, you're largely dependent on a lot of young guys in their first, second, mm-hmm. third season in the NBA, which is a, a, a flaw that a lot of people have pointed out on Celtics Twitter is that, look, we built too much on kind of hope. And now we find ourselves in a position where the Jays could do with some veteran leadership and depth around them. But we're still hoping that developing players are going to immediately help us. Um, but as with the Rob Williams starting thing we saw that narrative kind of develop as the week went on so do you want to take the uh, Hawks game I do let's jump straight into it so Hawks 127 Celtics 112 another lovely L to add to the list Jalen led with 17 points Tristan led with 13 rebounds and Jalen led with five assists we started really poorly you know we were down 40 40 to 27 after the first quarter I mean, that was atrocious, absolutely atrocious. And the right, Gallinari, fucking Gallinari, killed us with thirty-eight points. Like, what the fuck? If Gallinari scored thirty-eight points in you, I mean, you're going to take the L. Let's be, let's be, let's be one hundred percent real here. He, I didn't know he had that in his locker, to be honest. And, you know, we shot uh, eight of thirty-one from three. I mean, that's got to be one of the worst three-point stats we've had all season. Absolutely brutal. Yeah, it was it was horrific, and you know, we we did lead the game in steals uh, with ten to the Hawks is four, but we we couldn't capitalize on any of that, and you know it was, it was just a poor night from the Jays. Like like we said the other week, they are going to have off nights and they're going to have times where they don't, you know, throw down. It's just it's just not going to happen. And yeah, I mean that's where the you know, a little bit of the slanders come from, you know, with Mike Gorman, you probably heard his comments Yeah. and the fans starting to get on their backs a little, the Jays. And I'm just like, look guys, these guys are young, relax, calm mm. yourself. I think we have a habit as like Celtics fans and sports fans in general. It's just a, if it's not going right, everyone just absolutely goes hammer and tong at, you know, who can I blame? Who can I blame? Point this, 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 and this. It's like, just, just fucking chill out. Like it's fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah. It's the, uh, victim of their own expectations. But Mm. the interesting thing about Gorman is that he was spot on. You know, most of what he was saying was spot on. Yeah. But the reason you didn't want to hear it is because you knew that it was going to send NBA Twitter into overdrive. You know, like he was completely accurate, but you almost want to say, okay, but I mean, you shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be wrapping these guys in cotton wool. No, definitely not. And around what you say about him 
in case they get upset because that's not the way basketball should be. But when Gorman said that stuff, I was like, you know what? He's 100% right. No lies told. But did he need to say that? Because I really don't want... Uh, at this, at that point, it felt like turbulence was the last thing we needed, you know, any more infighting. But I thought that like that was at the point where the slump reached the lowest point because it seemed like we just couldn't win a game. It no. seemed like the moment in which kind of they needed to be slapped in the face by reality. There were like videos going around Twitter where you could hear commotion in the locker room. You could hear Brad saying, guys, calm down basically and the body language was all over the shop and for me that game presented a bit of a kind of uh, uh, do, do or die kind of put up or shut up moment for this team it felt like if you're not going to turn the season around now then we're in trouble yeah and it's like with Mike, with Mike's comments to be honest you know you got you got it right <laughs> it's one of those things it's like, it's like when your missus is right but you don't want to admit it you're like <laughs> fuck like you know She's right, but I can't say she's right. So I'm just going to sit here and be like, yeah, mm. like, do you know what I mean? Just be like, fuck, fuck. So yeah, it was a, it was a combination of like um, being in denial and then yeah. also uh, trying to save face to the public. So yeah. you're like, look, I know there might be some issues, but if people find out that Jalen and Jason aren't particularly harmonious at this point, but it's the nature of an NBA season. 100%. Right. Do you want to shoot over to the next game? Yeah, I'm glad to be a positive ray of light today. Uh, there was a 118 to 112 win over the Indiana Pacers at the Boston Garden on Friday, starting a pretty significant home stand for the Boston Celtics, which could be an absolute saving grace because they've had a brutal, brutal um, 26 days in which they played 15 games, and that. That is disproportionately hardcore for a schedule. Yeah. The Celtics found themselves in a bad, bad spot. They wouldn't want to make excuses about that. Uh, but the majority of basketball media, as a result, started kind of discounting them from contention. Fatigue is a thing, but let's not worry about it. They're still not at championship level. But after the difficulty of the last few weeks, this felt like a kind of that conscious turn in direction that I mentioned that they felt they needed in the last game. And the ball movement improved as a result. Players were hustling. There was less reliance in slowing the ball down for ISO sets. That was what was killing us. The, the offense was just slowing down for a Tatum ISO and everyone else is standing in place. That just can't be the way we move as a contending basketball team. But Anyway, in this particular game, Kemba was a huge difference maker, as we said before. He's an aggressive, you know, an aggressive version of Kemba is the X factor for this team. Mm. After a rough start, you can see Kemba decide that, you know what, this is mine tonight. This is my game. He completely grabbed it by the horns and he kind of took that responsibility to lead. Uh, he led the team, in fact, to, you know, with 32.6 assists from 52% shooting, which was much needed because the Jays actually combined for a super low, uncharacteristic 24 points together. And um, going back to my previous point, Time Lord featured more 22 minutes and recorded 14 and 11 with three blocks. But as we mentioned in the previous pod, and I believe Gorman mentioned in the coverage, the off-ball impact he had 
as like for people like Kemba. So when Kemba's being aggressive, what allows him to be aggressive is having that vertical threat of Robert Williams putting uh, putting defenders into an awkward position where they need to cover space. And then obviously as a result, we get the ability to let tiny, 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 tiny Kemba go to the rim. Yeah, definitely. We've, we've, you know, we were setting really good high screens as well. And Rob Williams is a freak athlete. So, you know, if Kemba's ever in trouble, if any of the other guys are ever in trouble, they just know just to lug it up in the air. And, you know, Rob Williams is going to be on the end of it for an alley-oop. So mm. here's always that outlet. But the one thing we need to mention, Josh, right? And I think you know what's coming. Jeff fucking Teague had a game. Jeff Teague. That's right, Celtics fans. I need to put an, a, a sort of like an air horn here. That one of those, right? Jeff Teague had a game. Now, I was kind of blown away, to be honest. We ended with 14 points, two rebounds, two assists, and he was shooting 60%. Now, the two rebounds, two assists, I, I can kind of, I, I can live with that being pretty shit. But 14 points from him was a pretty good stat line for Jeff Teague, considering the previous week he played you know, nine minutes and got two rebounds, I think it was. <laughs> and I think it was buying into the team ethos. I think that what part of it was that he wasn't stagnating. Much like the team, the the, ball, the emphasis on ball, ball movement and running into space and keeping the rotation, sorry, keeping the motion going just seemed to make a difference for Teague. You know, when the team is being completely, I don't know the correct, the appropriate word, it's not coming to my head, but basically when the team is putting a massive emphasis on movement, mm. Jeff Teague can't be at his worst or he's coming off the court. And... I, you've got to hold your hands up and say, you know what, Teague was a was a bright spark. Yeah, I, it's, it was. It shocked me. It shocked me. I thought, well, that's it, right? You know, now this has happened, we're going to go on a winning streak. I thought this is the uh, lucky little leprechaun coming out. But should you know, we move uh, on? You know what? You, you you want to talk about being in denial? It feels like we're in denial about the Teague game. <laughs> should we move on to Celtics Wizards? So Celtics won eleven, Wizards won ten, and obviously this was played yesterday or when I put this out a couple of days ago on Sunday. Tatum led with 31 points. Tristan led with 13 rebounds and Kemba led with eight assists. Now Tatum went off. He did start quite slow though, but he picked up when he needed to and ended up with, like I said, ended up with 31 points, eight rebounds, three assists and three steals. I think the key point there towards the end of the game is where um, they trapped Bradley Bill. I think that turnover was a crucial turnover. And, you know, just putting that pressure on, not fouling. I mean, that, to be fair, that was a smart play. That was a smart, well-thought-out play by Brad. And also as well, <laughs> did you see Rob Williams drill the ball at Tatum's head? Yeah, well, I think the pass was intended for Pritchard, wasn't it, on the uh, opposite <laughs> wing or, you know, at the uh, rotation? Uh, I don't, the I don't rotation I just fucking concussed him, surely. That was, he absolutely drilled it at him. I was like, Jesus Christ. Also, yeah. as well, we got to mention we got to mention Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice picked up twenty points, nine rebounds, three assists, one steal. And to be to be fair, it was it was a bit of a ropey game. It was a ropey game. I think we arguably actually, we, I think we moved the ball too much in that game. I think the emphasis on like ball movement, you know, has not been a thing recently. But in that game yesterday, it just felt like we were just passing where we didn't need to pass where we could just you know Peyton had a couple of opportunities to take the three you know yeah. what I did love is when Jason Tate was driving to the basket uh flicked out to Semi Ojale and Semi got the three now whether we would have seen that a couple of weeks ago 
not sure, but it's good that, you know, they start to trust your teammates. And I think that in itself is a massive positive. Yeah, you're right. Scal highlighted that during the, the broadcasting that they actually started to overpass. But you know what? After watching the last two weeks of basketball, I'm okay with letting that roll. It's nice like, to see a pass. <laughs> an extra pass here or there where we don't get a scoring opportunity feels good to me. It's certainly better than kind of everybody stop and watch this guy go to work. Because, yeah. you know what? And then the, one thing the, we, the key guys just are so much better when the ball's moving as well. And you get so much easier looks. Like, it's really fun sometimes to watch those guys go ISO, but it's so much better to watch kind of harmonious, quick-moving team basketball. Yeah, it's nothing quite like when the ball's just zipping around. No. And then obviously Tatum's poster on Lopez, he got up. He, at, I mean, he got up. It was, it was food on Lopez. It was like, see you later, my friend. That was one of those ones where, you know, we generally are going to watch basketball in unsociable hours. It's either live at God knows whatever time or it's first thing in the morning and avoiding the scores for me anyway. And, you know, it's not, it's antisocial to react to the game at those times. Holly, Holly was Holly was in bed. She yeah. was asleep. And when it happened, I was like, I, oh, do you know how hard it is to lay on the bed and just not go, fucking come on. Like, just, yeah, you, just, can't yeah. retain, you, can't, you can't hold it together. There's always going to be a, ooh. Yeah. You know, that's what you've got. It's, it's always going to be at least that. Uh, but Tatum, that was a, a beastly effort. I thought that he was super good at picking his moments last mm -hmm. night and it really paid off and think that uh, that's one of his best qualities when he does get into that mind frame mm -hmm. is being able to kill people on cuts and drives you know I think it's a smart basketball people, he's, just, people, he's just smart with it yeah it's smart basketball I think that he bounced obviously bounced back from a pretty by his standards horrific game of scoring of nine points in the, against the Pacers mm. you know so it's especially important that he was able to carry way more of the load um, yeah. in the absence of Kemba. But, you know, sorry, in the absence of Brown last night. Mm. But, yeah, Kemba was uh, steady again. He was. He was. And, you know, I think that kind of leads us into the uh, the party invites. Now, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Uh, you go first. But first I want to say, you know, let's explain to the listeners. We don't always do this, but... If you're the first, if you if it's your first time listening to Garden Party, we're naming people who are the top of our guest list, who we're inviting to this party in our imaginary garden party every week, and which always we ends up in a nightclub. <laughs> yeah, for some reason the analogy breaks down halfway, and we end up in a nightclub or like in on like a boat party or whatever. But the intention is good. So Nathan, who you got at the top of the guest list? I've actually got so. I know for both of our people that we've got on our guests, we've got a song. Now, I'm going to play mine right now. It's going down. I'm yelling. Kemba! You better move. You better dance. So obviously mine is Kemba Walker. Now, Kemba had a great week. I think I saw a post on, on Celtic's Twitter saying, did Kemba have a normal week or did Kemba have a good week considering we've seen him play poorly recently and to be honest I think it was a good week in total his totals in three games 74 points 17 assists 12 rebounds I think like you said earlier he's moving a lot better he is he's just been more aggressive and I love that and we are like you know we, we are moving the ball around a lot more as well and he has been 
he has been the aggressor, which is typical old Kemba. Unfortunately, you know, we could have done with him um, on the back-to-backs, but I'd rather load manage him and then keep him. If he, if he continues to play like this, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, hopefully, you know, we can, he, he can, we can extend his minutes slightly. I think that's the whole point of, you know, keeping him off the back-to-backs at the moment is, you know, if we do go into a playoff run, then we're going to have fully fit Kemba firing on all cylinders. Now, so that is my party invite. What about yours? Well, firstly, I agree with you. I think the most important thing is that we're really super guilty as basketball fans of making rash decisions on players. No, Kemba, Kemba Walker didn't just become a bad basketball player, mm-hmm. uh, funnily enough. Uh, and I, would, <laughs> I think it makes sense to load manage him if we're seeing glimpses like this where when he's healthy and when he's had that appropriate rest and he's gaining more health in his, in his legs he's a really effective basketball player. So positive vibes only on Kemba and Thanks. go again. But top of my guest list is... Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. Tice, Tice, baby. All right, stop. Who, after having an inconsistent start to the season, uh, he kind of, he was proving his value once again this month, because incrementally as the season's gone on, he's become more and more effective for me, despite the parallel improvement of other centres like Rob Williams and occasionally like Tristan Thompson, he's still obviously remained a big part of the team. The last two games, there's been a kind of apparent willingness for him to look at the basket for me. Mm. He's not thinking twice on shot attempts. 17 points against the Pacers off 66% and then uh, 20 points last night, which is really impressive for him against the Wizards of 72%. So he's doing it efficiently. He's both an inside occasionally and outside yeah. threat. And last night, especially from the mid-range, that was his look. And that kind of scoring is exactly what this core needs. You know, it, it, that's when we talk about bench scoring, I know he's not a bench player always. He's probably going to change as the season goes on. But you need people from your, like, you, you need help offensively from your fourth, fifth, sixth guy. And seeing performances like that from Tice is super positive. And I think he can come to the party, bring a tall German beer and... Uh, and a Bratwurst. Well, uh, Bratwurst and... But, you know, Lederhosen's, uh, they're optional. <laughs> and I, th- I think as well is that what we've got to remember is, is Tice is currently playing the four, isn't he? So it's... He's not used to that position. So you can see Brad. Maybe. Yeah, you, you could see Brad screaming at him last night, get out on the perimeter, get out on the perimeter, because he because he wasn't doing that, because he's so used to being, you know, that guy inside the paint. And he is kind yeah, of forming he, by the big boys. Yeah. So he, he's he's forming his, you know, he is coming into that position. And um it, to be honest, with him, it can only get better, I think. Agreed. Okay. Right. Let's jump into the ban list. Now, do you want to go first on the ban list? Yeah, who on earth, you mentioned it before, but who on earth does Danilo Gallinari think he is? I can drug test him. After two wildly different games against Boston in the previous week, one of which was an absolute stinker, where he's basically hurting his team. On Wednesday, he completely came to play. He just consistently was looking at the basket. His, His shot was... 
I don't know, smooth like gelato. And he uh, was, uh, he scored 38 points from 81% efficiency, finished plus 25. Uh, But his confidence actually reached a level where he was pulling up a mile from the arc, just like his boy Trey. So, yeah, I almost want to say, like, get a picture of, get a video. I mean, I'm, it's not really my right to just keep saying things and hope that videos appear because I'm not the one doing the work. But it seems it seems it seems to happen, mate. So what 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 do you want to see this time? Well, it's not. It's it's kind of I, I'm uninviting him, but I do kind of see want to see him shooting against the Celtics to the tune of that Samore. Um, but say no more. When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's amore. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's amore. Say no more. But whilst we are doing video work without you asking, don't bother turning up. Don't pull up, Danilo, because you're banned. Yeah, he's got his face all over the the garden party entrance. I was going to say nightclub then. We keep going back to that pesky nightclub. But no, Gallinari, you can fuck off. Now, my ban list this week, I think it it can only be one other person, and that is Bradley Bill. First off, what I'm going to say is like Danny Ainge, save Bradley Bill from the Washington Wizards and just bring, you know, just bring him and join him up with Jason Tatum, the St. Louis natives. That's what we want to see. But obviously, Bradley Bill, 46 points, two assists, seven rebounds. Now, he's 46. you can see why he only got two assists, because he was just yeeting shots and they were going in. The most satisfying thing of that game is when he did that fucking weird aeroplane run back to the bench. That weird, like, do you, when you see like the weird kid at a park just doing weird shit? Yeah, yeah. Like, was, he, was... I don't know why he did that. And everyone was like, all like high-fiving and stuff. And then... It feels like something you'd do. Like if we were doing that, we'd then like two minutes later be like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. Oh, Never mind on TV. Do you know what I mean? That's what I mean. H- hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people are watching you and you do a weird fucking airplane. Like you're on Fortnite or something. It's quite embarrassing to be honest. But anyway, he, obviously we had the last laugh and I think I posted a tweet yesterday with the two uh, sides of that story with him kind of running like an aeroplane and then him stood there. He'd just seen his ex-girlfriend uh, with his best friend, you know, that look on his face. So that is my ban list. Does, is that like a visual clue to uh, to ring the bell for last orders? It is. And also as well, obviously we've got a new segment for the, uh, for the podcast as well. And I think, you know, should we do that before last orders or should we do that right at the end? No, yeah, do it before last orders. Do it before last orders. Okay, okay. Otherwise, that makes it penultimate orders, and we don't want to do that. (laughs) Okay, guys. So, as I put a tweet out earlier, or if you haven't, if you're listening tomorrow or whenever you're listening to, basically, I put a tweet out saying that me and Josh, it's it's not an agony aunt kind of deal. It's more of a, you know, we want to hear your horrific... You know, party stories. You know, when you've gone out on night out with your mates or your missus or your wife or parents or I don't know, whatever you do, whatever floats your boat. You know, we want to understand, we want to, we want to hear all your stories and see, you know, what horrific things you've you've been involved in. 
Now I put it out and we've had some come in. Now I think we're going to do one every week because obviously we want to stretch it out of the season. But at the end of the season, me and Josh are going to narrow it down to four. So our four funniest stories. And we're going to put a poll out. And then the winner, I'm going to buy a jersey for. So whether you're a Celtics fan, whether you're a 70 shitbag fan or an LA bum fan, like it doesn't matter. I will get you a jersey if your story is worthy. So should we should we pick a story? Actually, well, there's so many. Should we just pick a random one and roll with it? Yeah. Go with it. It. Hooray, story time. Hooray, story time. I'm so glad to be with you today. I think this guy wants to remain anonymous on this one. So I can't, we're not going to, we're not going to call him out. So he's right. This one may have to be anonymous to avoid me getting shite off the misses. So, you know, obviously this is going to be a bit of a spicy one anyway. Uh, <laughs> so of course, obviously the missus doesn't know about it apparently. So when working down South, I was on Tinder and various other dating sites matched with a lass. Uh, she was a beautiful lass. So we arranged to meet up that weekend. I go around to hers. And when I get there, her husband is there. <laughs> My ass drops out of <laughs> my ass drops out of me thinking I'm about, you know, what what what's about to go down kind of deal. Turns out they were a couple who, who like to add extra people into their relationship for whatever reason. And they both wanted me to stay for a drink. Anyway, yeah, I stayed the night and it was without a doubt one of the oddest experiences of my life, but 100 percent worth it because she was a straight 10. <laughs> <laughs> so he did the threesome. Yeah, by the looks of it, he he did a threesome with a married couple. To be fair, that's quite that's quite a good story. That's, that's a very good, good one. That's really wild. And what in the middle of the night out? That doesn't usually happen. So they were they were he was on the dating apps, matched with someone in the middle of a night out, left the night out, and went and had a threesome with a married couple. Yeah, by the sounds of it. So he's yeah. I I don't know. I mean, that's. But he that's, had a positive. He had a positive experience. Well, apparently he had a positive experience. You know, he said it was, she was a straight 10. So well, I, I mean, said to you, I, sorry to interrupt, but I said to you today that I was going to turn, try and turn all of these into some kind of Celtics reference. Go for it. And I'm going to say posit- only positive things happen when you become open to swinging it. To swing at it? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> okay, so I was trying to draw some kind of parallel between ball movement and him being open to swinging. Uh, so, yeah, that's my terrible analogy, and I'm going to retire now. I think what we'll do moving forward as well, if someone wants to remain anonymous and they mention, like, names and stuff in there, I'll replace them with Celtics players. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. But, right, that was one hell of a story. That's one... Brilliant. That, that's a good one to start off with as well. So, guys, if you are listening, you know, no matter where you're from or what team you support, you know, we're, we want to hear your stories. But anyway, Josh, let's jump into last orders. Let's play the little tune and crack on. And to tell you the truth, Gwen, I'm absolutely twatted. Well, we talked about the hectic schedule recently. And it's a, a lot more chilled in the next week or so. The homestand continues on Tuesday night as the Clippers come to town, which obviously is a very big test. 
But then it doesn't get much easier because the Raptors visit on Thursday. But then we get some extra rest. The All-Star break begins and we're going to see two Celtics play. Obviously, the Jays are heading to the game. Uh, Tatum starting and apparently open-minded to the three-point contest. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, probably the skills challenge. I guess we'll hear more about that in the coming days. But that's that'll be fun to watch, I guess. And then my final word there is the, the month of February is over. Let February be a reminder of the NBA season's ebbs and flows. Never overreact too much. Don't be a knee-jerk fan and take the small wins. Only one team has truly had a consistent month, and that's the Utah Jazz. Boston has trade flexibility. Smart and Langford are due back after the All-Star break. So believe in Boston. Uh, And my final word is... Yeah. All all positives. All positives. For once, we've had a positive episode to end with. And that is it, guys. That is the end of another episode of the Garden Party me and Josh hope you enjoyed it again you know like share and review the pod anywhere you can it's only ever going to help me and Josh um you know we're going to potentially start bringing on uh, a couple of guests you know some Celtics fans just to talk a little bit about some of the games so make sure you subscribe and be notified for when the episodes drop and yeah hope you enjoyed it guys until next time peace